Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Gabor Generations podcast. Man, this is going to be so awesome, and I pray that it's going to be a blessing for you. We're going to be streaming sermons, messages through here, um, leadership classes, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, man, subscribe to it. Make sure that you add it on your playlist, whatever the case is, man. Put your headphones on. If you're at home, if you're on your way to work, if you're at work, if you're working out, wherever, I promise you, it's going to be a huge blessing for you. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership. Man, I believe that Jesus is the best leader ever, the best leader of all time. Jesus was the prime example of a perfect leader. He was so awesome. I love just how scripture says in John 3.30 that less of ourselves, but more of him. And that's so beautiful. Like, I want to be less like myself and more like Jesus. Why? Because he's such an amazing leader. I want to be like him, right? So we're going to be talking about what is a standard leader? Like, what is a standard, normal, regular, regular leader? Then we're going to talk about what kills leaders. Like, there are so many things that can destroy you as a leader. We're going to be talking about that. And last thing, we're going to talk about what builds leaders. What makes you a better leader? What what pushes you to be better um, and the leader that God has called you to be? So um, we're going to write a bunch of things down. So, man, receive, receive is going to be great. It's going to be great. Number one, what is a standard leader? Meaning this is a normal, regular, regular leader. Number one, a leader that is serving. I love that Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. I love the picture that Jesus paints when he gets down on his knees and starts to wash the feet of one of his disciples. Like that is so beautiful that Jesus is saying, man, you, get, you came, you're on this earth to serve. Like you have to be a leader that you're always asking, what can I do for you? How may I help you? How may I serve you? Not, oh, people need to help me out. People need to do stuff. No, what can you do for people? And that's what Jesus is calling us to do, to, to be servants, right? Number two is a leader that is loving. You got to have a heart for people. You got to have a heart for whatever it is that you do. You got to be loving because the truth is that you're going to have haters. You're going to have people that do not like you. You're going to have people that speak against you. You can be doing things right. You can be doing things almost perfect. You can be doing things with the right intentions. You can be doing things with just just out of the goodness in your heart. And there will be a few people that would just bring it down. Look at the Pharisees. Jesus was never doing anything bad. Like Jesus was actually changing the world and everything in it. But he has some haters. So if Jesus had haters, what makes you think ain't nobody going to hate on you or whatever it is that you do? And sometimes it comes from your own team. It comes from your own people. Sometimes your own family will hate on you. But you got to be a leader that's loving. Even if people are hating on you, guess what? I'm still loving. I'm still I still have compassion. I still have empathy. Why? Because that's what G that's the type of leader that Jesus was. He was so loving. No, like look at everything that we do and Jesus still chooses to love us. Number two is a, a leader that is loving. Number three, a leader that is generous. You got to be generous. 
Uh, I love how scripture says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger, meaning the more generous you are, the more your world gets bigger. And when I talk about generosity, I'm not just talking about money. Like, yes, that is one way that you can be generous, but there's so many other ways you can be generous. You can be generous with your time. Like you can give people your time. You can give others your time, your talent, like how you can serve people and give back to people through your talent and, and, and through your treasures, money. You can bless other people. You can be a blessing to other people. Why? Because when you when the more generous you become, the bigger your world gets. So a, a leader has to be a, a leader that is so generous. I love one of our values here at Gabor Generation is that generosity is our privilege, meaning it's an honor for us to give. Why? We give because we've been given. God has blessed us with so much that it would be horrible for us not to be able to give. God has blessed you with so much, leader. Be generous. God has given you a lot of time. Be generous with it. God has given you, yes, money. Maybe not as much as you wish he had. Like, I know there's some people watching like, brother, I get paid eight, nine dollars an hour. I need some help myself. Somebody need to be generous with me. But let me tell you, you still giving something. Get, be generous with, with your treasure, even your talent. You may say, I'm not good at nothing. No, there's a lot of things you're good at that you can bless someone else through your time. Like there's so many other forms of generosity. Next one. Next one. Number four is a leader has tough conversations. A leader has tough conversations. Now, this is hard. It is hard to go to someone and say, hey, that was wrong. Or, hey, um, I feel like you could have done this better. That's tough. That is so tough. Even for me as a leader, there's moments where I have to be able to, to, to suck it in and go up to someone and say, hey, yeah, this ain't it. We can't be doing this. Like, that's so hard. And this is the thing is that if we're not careful, we, we will be having tough conversations from a platform. We, we will be talking to everybody else about it except the person we have to confront with. So I've seen leaders that they will preach a sermon about whatever it is, the problem they have with somebody, but they'll make it general. Like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? Or, or they'll talk to everybody else about it, but not the person they have the problem with. Like, as a leader, you have to be, have confrontation. You got to go up to people and say, hey, th this ain't it. This is wrong. Or you could have done this, but you could like we as leaders, we have to be able to have those co tough conversations. And it is tough. It's so hard, but I promise you, you're doing it for the better of not you or your organization, but for them and for what they represent, right? So the, the next one, number five, and is a leader is very misunderstood, very misunderstood. Like we said earlier, Jesus was doing miracles. Jesus was driving out demons. Jesus was saving the world. And the Pharisees were thinking he out here doing something like they thought he was he was a witch. They thought he was he wasn't even the son of God. He was a false prophet. He was this and he wasn't even all that. Right. Like like as a leader, you're going to be misunderstood. You can be doing things with the right intentions, but someone would be like mm -mm, this per man, this guy, he's like. I don't trust them. I don't like them. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? That, what are you talking about? I'm doing this because. Of, but but people will misunderstand you and don't get mad or don't get discouraged when people do. 
that that's just how how it is, right? So, um, a leader is very misunderstood. The next thing is this is so good. This is so important. A leader speaks when appropriate, but stays quiet when they should. Proverbs seventeen twenty eight says, "Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent." And I love this part. And discerning if they hold their tongues. So what this scripture is basically saying in the Louis Miguel Valentin translation, the hood translation, is saying that even someone that is a fool, if they just shut their mouth. Like I know right now as we're listening, we know some people that they just can't shut up. They always got something to say, right? Um, but as a leader, you got to know when to be quiet. You got to know when to listen. You got to know when to just shut. Even though I know you can say something. I know you can spit facts right now. I know you can throw it down right now. But there's a time and place for everything. Stay silent right now. But there is also moments. That's why I love how I ended discerning if they hold their tongues. You got to have a type of discernment to know, okay, when am I going to let this loose? Now, when am I going to spit facts? Now, when am I going to tell you how it is? Now, when am I going to just release whatever it is that I want to say? Like you got to know when to be quiet and you got to know when you should speak. There's a time and place for everything and make sure you have that discernment by the Holy Spirit to say, okay, talk. There's moments, even me as a leader, like I'll be listening to someone and I'm like, I'm about to spit the hardest facts at this dude. And the Holy Spirit say, no, listen, just listen. Sometimes I'll just listen to the whole conversation and I, would ne- I won't even say anything. And then a few days later, the Holy Spirit just say, okay, now you can do it. We got to have that type of discernment of knowing when to speak and stay quiet when we should. The next thing, a leader is a learner. A leader is a learner. Let me tell you, you do not know everything. You can learn from anything. You can learn from anything. You can learn from a child. You can learn from a TV show. You can learn from people who might not have the degree that you have. You can learn from people who might not even be Christian. You can learn from any body or anything anything. So you got to get to a point of always being willing to learn, always being a student, always being a student to everything. Because I I love, I heard this quote one time that says, the more that you find out, the more that you know that you know nothing. (laughs) Like you, the more you know, the less you know. You're like, wait, I I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Never mind. Right. And sometimes we only incline our ear to people who are in a higher position than us. But we never incline our ear to maybe people who are below us. So you have to be as a leader, always willing to learn. Now, even if you know it, even if you know, no, this is how it is. Always have a heart to just say, okay, I can learn something new. I can learn something new. The next thing is a leader rises above. There will be always, and this happens to everybody. You can be a prophet, a pastor, you can be Jesus, and he still went through things. But the thing about leaders is they rise above every storm. They rise above everything. Like, they don't let nothing bring them down. They they rise above it. I love how God compares us to an eagle in the scripture. The thing about eagles is whenever they're flying uh, and they see a storm, they don't just go through it or they don't just 
turn around and change direction or they sit on a tree and wait uh, until the storm passes. No, they actually fly so higher above the storm that they literally fly over it. That's what God calls us to do, that every storm that comes our way, we rise above it. Any anything that tries to bring us down, not only as an individual, but as a church or as an organization, whatever the case is, like we always choose to rise above it. The next thing, a leader encourages moments. Man, I love that there are so many beautiful things that happen in our life and we forget them. Like so many gorgeous things happen and we completely forget it. Like we have to always be honoring and remembering moments. We have to. We have to always honoring what made that moment so great. What, what made that moment so awesome? That brings encouragement to your present. Sometimes things that have happened in the past will encourage your present and push you even further into your future. So don't be afraid as a leader to revisit memories, to revisit moments, revisit people you talked to before that just spit some facts or helped you. Don't, don't ever, ever let, let a moment just stay for in that time. Always carry that with you. A leader always carries moments. The next thing is a leader takes responsibility when things go wrong. Now, this is hard. Even for me, it, it can be very hard. For when things happen and things go wrong, for us to put the blame on something or someone else. As the leader, you are held accountable and responsible for whatever it is to happen, even if it ain't even your fault. As the leader, you got to take the hit. You have to take the hit. When I became a leader, I remember like I used to always throw hits at the previous leader. Um, and then when I became the leader, I'm like, oh, dang, I feel so bad. I wish I can go back and redo all that and everything I said. Like as a leader, you take the responsibility. It's so easy to say, this didn't work out because this person wasn't doing anything or this person wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. This person, maybe if they stepped it up. No, as a leader, you have to say, hey, it's on me. That's my fault. That's, that's my bad. And, and it sucks. But as a leader, we, man, that's, that's why we have to have that responsibility, even when not only when things go right, because it's easy to say, yeah, that was me when things are going right. But a true leader will say, yeah, that was me when things go wrong. So take responsibility when things go wrong. The next thing, this is so important. A leader protects people and their ears. In other words, you have to be careful what you share with people. As leaders, I'm pretty sure there are people who entrust you their stories, they entrust you their pain, their their wombs, their scars, their, their the hurt that they're feeling. They they bring out the emotions and they entrust you with it. Or maybe not even if they entrusted you with it or whatever, but you saw it with their own eyes, like unintentionally, right? You just saw it. You have to be careful what you share to people. Like I love how scripture says that love covers a multitude of sins. Your job as a leader is to cover, is to protect people 
and their ears. If you if you see something or someone tells you something and you share with the wrong person, you can literally create a bitterness in that person's heart towards that person. Who's that on? Not that person. That's on you. You can you can plant a seed of bitterness. You can plant a seed of hate. You can plant a seed of anger in someone else just because you shared something. You have to protect people and their ears. Be careful what you say about people and who you say it to. Like you have to be careful. Your job is to cover. Because scripture says that love covers a multitude of sins. Your job is to protect and cover people. I don't care what wrong they did. I don't care how horrible they did it, what, what they're doing right now. I don't care what it is. your job is to protect that person. That's why God called you to be a leader, right? The next thing. It's taking people along the journey. You got to take people along the journey. I, I, For personally me, I can't stand a lone wolf leader. Like you just do everything by yourself. You're to yourself all the time. No, take people along the journey. There's someone in our ministry that she always has people with her. She could be at her house and her house is packed up with young people. She could be going to the gym and her van or her car is packed with people. Like she's always taking people along the journey. I remember um, there was a season where I was preaching at different churches, different youth ministries, right? Um, and in the in the first few, I would go by myself. I would just go do it. But but I just felt God say, no, you got to take people with you. And and I just started taking people with me, and they were getting inspired, and they were just awesome. Like, don't just allow yourself to to get blessed. When you take people with you, you share the blessing that God is giving you. So you have to. You have to walk this life with people. Don't do life by yourself. Do not do life by yourself. So next thing is a leader elevates others. I love that Jesus said that that you would do things that not even I did. What? That is insane. You're the king of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And you're saying that mere human beings, broken, normal people like us would do better things and do things that you did not even do. He's saying, I I want you, you as a leader, you cannot be afraid for people to do things or be better than you. There are so many leaders who lead by their insecurities. Like that you they'll put a cap or a lid on someone's growth just because they're afraid that they're gonna outgrow them. You have to be a leader that you your your job and your goal is that they may do it better than you. I remember that this season, like um when when I was just trying to empower other people, I I would tell Steph and I'll tell the other leaders like I want this person to preach better than I ever can. I, I want this person to lead better than I ever can. I want this person to, to do things so much better than I can never do, right? Like, I want them to do it so much better. And as a leader, you can't be afraid for people to be better. You just, it, as a leader, that's your job, to make people better. The next thing, and the last thing, leaders eat last. I love what, what what Jesus said that if you want to if you want to be first, you gotta be last. I, I read this book titled That Exactly Leaders Eat Last. Like sometimes you just have to let people go first. You gotta be at the end of the line. Let let I love that principle and that message that's being portrayed. That if you want to be first, you gotta be last. You gotta let people go ahead. You gotta let people go before. Like you you have to let others go. 
go ahead rather than you just saying, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm that dude. I'm that guy. Like, what's up? Why isn't this? Why isn't that? No, let other people go. The next thing we're going to talk about is what kills leaders? What kills leaders? There are a lot of things that can kill leaders. I have seen amazing, powerful, anointed people of God destroyed out of the church, out even from like they've took themselves out from what God has for them. And they've allowed these things to destroy them, not understanding, wait, God still wants to do something big in you. So what kills leaders and the things that kill leaders, sometimes the reason why it's still killing them is because they don't even know it. They think it's normal. You, you may be going through something and maybe something that I'll say um, in this, these next moments, you'll be like, wait, I, I actually, I think I deal with that. And you don't notice until you become aware of it, right? So number one, what kills leaders? Number one is pride. You, you think it's all about me, 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 me. It's all about me. And man, scripture says that those who, who exalt themselves, God will humble. And those who humble themselves, God will exalt. I love this phrase that I heard someone say, that you can either be humble or get humbled. Say that one more time. That's some good stuff right there. You can either be humble or get humbled. Like, Trust me, you do not want God to humble you. Like there's so many people that they literally exalt themselves. It's all about them. It's all about them. And their ministry is all about them. And they portray as if, yeah, this and that, this and that. But it's all about, it's all about them. Like you cannot let pride kill you. You, you can't. It's, I want to tell the person right now that may be listening to this and, is like, and probably has that kind of spirit of pride. It's not all about you. It is not all about you. Either you can be humble or get humbled, right? So the second thing, this one is plain and simple, straightforward. Sin. Sin. I have seen amazing people, and because of sin, they, they've allowed that to overtake them and destroy them. And, and I think that if we're not careful, we got to understand we're all sinners, we're all broken people. But but as a leader, you're held to a higher standard. You have to be constantly getting better. Because the life of a Christian and the walk of faith is not a life of perfection, but a life of progression. So you have to constantly be getting better. Yes, you're going to fall. Yes, you're, you're going to be weak in some areas. Yes, you're going to be doing this. But you always have to have that spirit that I'm swimming, not sinking. I may not be at the top, but my direction has changed. I'm moving forward with God. I'm progressing with God. I'm jumping over some obstacles. I'm not allowing sin uh, overtake me. Even how Paul said it, I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm, I'm, I'm a slave to Christ. And, and just how he says it, maybe you can reword it. You're like, wait, I'm a slave to like, like what he's saying is that my, my master is God, not sin. I follow what God tells me, not sin. And if we're not careful, that sin can become our master and destroy us as leaders. The third thing, this is one of the most important ones. If you get anything, this has to be one of them. A lack of character. Like, now keep in mind, character is something people can't see. 
they can see little small glimpses of your character, but your true character, only God sees. Like, there's people that you can portray as if you're this awesome, amazing, put-together person, this man that's just dope, and this girl that's just amazing. And sometimes there's people that are false advertising something that they're not and false advertising something that they themselves don't have. And, and I think that if we're not careful, that we can lack that kind of character. The thing about character is that character is something one that is not seen something within it's the true you it's something that god uh, that only god can see the true you the character inside and the second thing about character it's not it's not something you're born with it's not you i i don't ever like i do not believe that no this is just how i am no character is learned Character is something that is molded. So if you learned it, you can learn better character. Like if you're always lying, you can learn to always be trustworthy. Like if you're always late and not a man, if anybody that knows me, one of my pet pieces, I don't like being anywhere late or I don't like anybody coming late. Like if, if you have that kind of character, like that is something that can fix. If you're just angry. You have that bitterness or spirit. You can be molded to have love. Character is something that is learned. You're not, it's not, oh, that's just how I am. No, that does not exist. Your character can be molded, right? The next thing, the next thing is entitlement. What, can, what, what is something else that can kill a leader is entitlement. You think that everyone owes you something. Let me tell you, nobody owes you anything. They say that the, the, one of the, the top things that our generation is going to struggle with is entitlement. They think that they deserve everything. The, the, a, a leader that is entitled think that they deserve everything. Or, or it, it, everything belongs to them. Everything is theirs. Like, no, it is not. Let me tell you right now. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything. You can't live with the thought that somebody owes you something. No, you're not entitled to nothing. You, you don't deserve it. No, you can't let entitlement be that, be you, right? So, and then the next thing that can kill leaders is idols. Idols. Now, you may be thinking like, wait, what? I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't let idols destroy or I don't now if you don't know what an idol is basically an idol is is you is that thing or that person being number one and God being number two idols was one of the the ten commandments put no God before me put put no God has to be number one you know that you can make your job an idol you can literally make your job an idol you can put your job first and God second your boyfriend or girlfriend can be an idol. You put them first and God second. No, you have to put God number one. God has to be your, your priority. I love scripture that says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added to you. Like, like the kingdom of God has to be first. God has to be number one. God has to be your priority. God is above all things. If you put anything else before that, that is your God. I know I'm sorry if that's rough or tough for some people, but no, you God has to be number one. Because if anything else is number one, that's your God. 
So we have to understand, no, I have no idea. God is my number one, right? Nothing comes before God. Next thing is arrival. Another thing that can kill leaders is arrival. They're, they're Mr. Know-it-all, a Miss Know-it-all. They, they think that they know everything. Like, oh, like I'll, I'll listen to you, but I know everything. I, I studied this, so I know what I'm talking about. You don't. I, I know how it goes. You don't. I know what it is. You don't. Like, what do you mean? Like, you even going back to what we were talking about previously, like, you have to ha- be a leader that's always learning. I love how God used a donkey to speak to someone. Now, a donkey is classified as a stupid animal. God used something stupid to talk to someone. You know what I mean? So when when you have that spirit of arrival where you just know everything, you minimize the freshness of what God has for you. Because God can speak, be speaking to you through a child. But because you know everything and in your head they know nothing, you can be missing what God is trying to teach you or trying to say to you. Maybe there's someone that's not even Christian that can be telling you something. But you're a know-it-all, and they don't know nothing. But God can be using that person to speak to you. So you minimize the freshness that God has for you. The next thing, this is one of those top, top things that I really want you to get. is being too familiar. Sometimes you can get too, you can get too comfortable. You can get too casual. Even with God, like... You, you can just do your normal devotional, your normal go to church every Friday, every Sunday, clap your hands, uh, shout a few times, and you get casual with God. You get normal. Like, he once was this amazing, awesome thing, and now, no, nah, that's just Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you get, you get comfortable. Even with people, like you can get too comfortable with people. God can be using um, one of your friends in your ministry Maybe your friend is on the worship team or the preacher or the pastor. And because you're so comfortable with them, God can be using them to speak to you. But because you're so comfortable, that's not a vessel of God no more. That's just a homie. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? like? That's just my home girl. That's just my homeboy. But God can be speaking through them mightily and powerfully to you. And you're missing it because you don't even see them as a leader no more. That's just your friend. You can even get too familiar with you can be walking in a miracle right now, but you, you're so comfortable. You don't see it like like you don't see it, but you're in a miracle right now. But because you've been around it so much, you get so familiar with it. I remember I was serving in a ministry for a season and um, the pastor was very famous. He was amazing. He was like everybody loved him. And I, I would see this guy every day. We, we would talk and all that stuff. And I remember some of my buddies, they would always be like, man, you, you, man you're so blessed to serve with that person. You're so blessed to, to be under that person. You must be learning so much, this and that, all that. And I would literally say, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. But that's just like I see him all the time. I mean, it's normal. But to them, it was something huge. It would be a blessing for them to be in the room. And I was always in the room. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, that's just him. I was being comfortable and casual with the miracle and a blessing that God has given me. You cannot get too familiar. Another thing that kills leaders, and I see this so many times, is insecurity. Leader, God called you. Right where you are, God called you. 
exactly how you are, God called you. The same place, the same way you are, God called you. Don't think lowly of yourself. Be bold. Have confidence. Think highly of yourself and everything that you're in. Don't be so insecure. God has called you. You are made worthy. You are made new. You are qualified. You are just the person for that job. I remember that I was um I was going to be in a program for um you know, youth leaders and youth pastors in Miami and they were choosing 12 people. And I remember I was sitting in the room and there were other pastors, uh, youth pastors from, you know, around Florida, not just Miami. And I was talking to them and some of them were like, yeah, man, I'm leading like four, uh, just a small, a small youth ministry of 400 people. And I'm like, that's small. <laughs> you know what I mean? And another guy's like, yeah, man, we're getting low on numbers right now. We only got 250 young people. And I'm like, Jesus. And they're like, Lewis, how much you got? And I'm counting even dead members, people that stopped coming, all that stuff. Like we probably had like 20 people. And I'm just like, yeah, man, we got a, you know, I lost count. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be that guy. But, I, you know, like, and I got insecure and I'm like, I disqualified myself. And the crazy thing is I got the position and the people who had big ministries didn't. God has qualified you. God called you. God equipped you. You are just the man or you are just the woman for the job. The next thing that kills leaders is disobedience. Disobedience can kill you as a leader. Not only just disobedience from your leaders. Let me tell you, maybe you may be under a leader that's bad because there are bad leaders or horrible. And I know you can do it better. And I know you can do a even greater job than they do. I know that they're not doing it right and you can, you can do it right and they're doing it wrong, right? But God has put that leader over you. So no matter how bad they are, no matter how horrible they are, no matter how, how they're doing things, you have to be obedient. You have to have that spirit of obedience. You cannot have a spirit of rebellion. Going against everything that I remember I was under a leader that I didn't agree with most of the things he said. But I felt a nudge in me by the Holy Spirit saying, I put him over you. Whatever he says, do. And I would do it. Okay, you, I mean, I guess we'll do it. And I'll do it with all my heart. Like, you can't be disobedient. Not only to the people God has put over you, but even to God. Maybe God wants you to stir something up and do something in your youth, in your youth ministry. And because of insecurity, you're choosing not to. You're being disobedient. I'm sorry to say. Maybe God wants, is pushing you and nudging you to do something great in your city or in your school or in your home or in your church. And you're just comfortable and you're fearful and you're scared. Be disobedient. God is calling you. Obey, right? Um, I love that when the, the 10 lepers came up to Jesus, Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says that as they went... They were healed. The blessing is not in hearing the word of God. The blessing is in obeying the word of God. So we can't have a spirit of disobedience. The last thing that kills leaders is a bad attitude. A bad attitude. There are so many leaders that are not enjoyed. They're tolerated. There's a lot of people that may tolerate you, not enjoy you. They, they only tolerate. They only like you because they have to. You're their leader. They, they're only with you because they got to be. They ain't got no choice. 
But, and you may have a bad attitude. The way that you just give off that kind of vibe, like, attitude is everything. Like, if you're just a very negative person, or the way you say things is strong and sounds hurtful, uh, or even the way you look, the, if you look at something the wrong way, you know what I'm saying? Like, having a, 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 a well attitude, always be positive, always be speaking life, always be encouraging, always try to present yourself as if things matter and you care. Because people will get to a point of just tolerating you because of the attitude that you have. I do not like talking to a person or listening to a person that has a bad attitude. I don't like it. I remember I used to work at Starbucks and I remember people would snap on everyone. And I remember once some guy tried to snap on me um, and he had the worst attitude. And literally the way I wanted to perform and the way that I that I that I wanted to serve him changed because his attitude like, man, I would love to make this for you and do this for you. But, dude, your attitude is so bad. I don't even want to do it for you. I'm going to do it in vain. I'm going to do it with anger. I'm going to do it with like, dang, I don't want to do this for you. You know what I'm saying? So attitude is everything. The last thing, the last things is what builds leaders. What builds leaders? Number one is asking a ton of questions. We said earlier, you don't know everything. Even if you know the answer, keep asking questions. You hear different perspectives. You hear different responses. You, you receive something from everything and everybody. Always ask questions. That's the number one tool to start a conversation with somebody and to build relationships is asking questions. Because when you're asking someone questions, not only is the benefit that you're receiving something, but it shows the other person that you care because you're asking questions. Oh, what's your name? Oh, cool. Who brought you here? Awesome. When's your birthday? What do you like to do? Cool. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Like, you see, it builds conversation and it builds relationships. It builds trust. It builds a heart for you as a person. The second thing, what builds leaders is a disciplined lifestyle. I love what Paul said. Paul said, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave. He said that I run my body. My body don't run me. You got to be disciplined. And I'm not just talking about with food or your health. Those are important things too. Yes, you should be disciplined in that. But I'm talking about your time. And, and, and your time. Are you disciplined? Are you showing up late? Are, are, you, are you going places uh, on time? Are you doing things excellently? Like, are you disciplined? Do you run your body or does your body run you? You got to be disciplined with your money. You got to be. There's so many things that God has given you to steward. And if you do not have discipline, you will lose control of everything God has called you to steward. You got to be disciplined. Next thing is a big spirit, a big perspective and a big soul. That's all one. A big spirit, a big perspective, and a big soul. I, I remember my boss was, he was venting to me one day and he said, you know what? Small churches are full of small people. That's so true. Like their vision is so small. Their perspective is so small. 
Like, everything about him is just so small. I love leaders like Martin Luther King. He's one of my favorite leaders ever. And, like, Gandhi. And there were so many times where they were in prison, literally, in jail cells. And in tiny rooms. But their vision, their perspective, their soul, their magic was so much bigger than it. And, and that's what led change and movement. Like, you got to have a big spirit. Big perspective. Think big. Think huge. Don't think just where you're at. Envision huge things. I love that. We don't serve the God of hard. We serve the God of impossible. Think impossible. Dream big. Dream impossible. Vision big, right? So the next thing is what builds leaders? Empowering others. Man, something happens to you when you bless someone else's life. I remember I was playing basketball one time in the hood. Like, and I was playing in the hood, and there were some kids younger than me, but some little hoodlums, you know what I'm saying, some hoodlums, and we were playing ball, and one of them, they kept asking about my shoes. They're like, man, those are some dope shoes. I thought he was going to rob me, because <laughs> we're in the hood, right? Um, and the whole game, he keeps asking, he's like, man, those are some fresh shoes. What size are they? I'm like, when he asked my size, I'm like, this brother definitely going to rob me. Um, but I'm like, and he's like, man, me too, bro. You know what I'm saying? So after what I did was... I took my shoes off, and on all, all my shoes, I write a Bible verse, right? And I gave them to him. I said, here, here you go, bro. Here you go. And you can just see the tears on his face just fill up. And he's like, man, are you serious? Nobody ever gave me nothing. And I'm like, no, bro, it's yours, man. It's, it's yours. And he's, he just started tearing up. And not that I think that I did something in him, but in reality, that did something in me. Like, wow, I got to get I got to empower someone else. I got to lift someone else up. I got I got to push someone else up. That does something in you is when you are able to bless and empower other people. The next thing is accountability. What builds leaders is being held accountable. And we're afraid of that. But you got to have people that hold you accountable. You said you were going to do this and you did it. What happened? You, or, or you said you were going to do that, and it didn't happen. Why? You, no, you need to get better at this. You're, you're slacking in this. You're, you're, you're letting this weak thing control you. You're, like, you need people to tell you that. Because if not, you'll stay the same. You'll never grow. If you, if you have people that tell you what you want to hear, but not what you need to hear. You need people to tell you to be better. And sometimes we can think that people are judging us. No. They're not judging you. They're holding you accountable. So don't ever always have that, that kind of mindset like, man, they always judging me. No, they ain't. They could just be holding you accountable. Maybe they're not saying it in a good manner. Maybe they're not saying it with the right attitude or in the right way or whatever. But what they are saying is still true. They're holding you accountable. Don't be afraid of that. The next thing is friends. You got to have friends. As a leader, you can't be only about work, only about, like, you have to have people that you can rest with. Now, rest does just, does not mean I'm, we ain't going to do nothing. We ain't gonna, rest means to stop producing. You need to be with people. Like, for me, I love Jesus more than anything. I love him. I love talking about him. I love all that. But there's moments I like to not talk about Jesus, Is that, if that makes sense. I hope that doesn't make me less Christian. People are like, yeah, I knew this guy was, was a fraud. No, if we're at Buffalo Wild Wings, I want to talk about basketball. I, I want to talk about sports. 
I want to talk about life. You know what I mean? Like, I want to talk about your life. Let's talk about my life. Let's talk about how we're feeling. Like, like all that. You need to have friends that you can just be normal. That you can just talk about other things than work or ministry or whatever you're dealing with. Right? You got to have friends that you can enjoy life with. That builds you as a leader, right? The next thing, which we I just mentioned it, is rest. God created the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested. That doesn't He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested out of admiration, and he rested to make it a point, I believe. Like, if God chose to rest, what makes you think that you can keep doing everything without doing it? Rest simply means stop producing, meaning take moments throughout maybe the week or the day and stop producing. Stop being a mom for 10 minutes. Stop being a leader for 10 minutes. Stop being a dad for like just stop producing. <clears throat> stop producing. You need a rest. You need a rest. I, I, you, you, because that fills your soul. There's so many people who are trying to water a garden with an empty cup. But you need a you just need a rest to, to fill yourself. It does something for your soul to, to rest. Next thing is exposure to a big world. There's people as leaders, you got big vision. You have big dreams. You need to expose yourself to that. You need to be around people who are doing that. You need to be around people who are on the road to do that. You need to get get to a place where someone is living out what you're dreaming of. I remember that. Um, my my dream is to plant a beautiful, amazing, big church one day, right? So what I do, like once a month, I would go and visit a big mega church and just get expose myself to a bigger world. The next thing, last two, I promise, the last two is serving well and with excellence. Everything you're doing right now is a setup for what you're about to do. If you're not doing it right now, you're not going to do it then. Serve God. Serve people. In everything you do, do it well. Do it excellent. Excellent does not mean perfect. But excellence does mean the best that you can. When you do something for someone, for yourself, for God, whatever the case is, you got to ask yourself, did I do it with everything I could? You got to serve well. Don't don't do it halfway. Don't do it in a shortcut way. No, no, do it the best that you can. There's so many times that we try to serve God with trash. Like, no, what? Give God the best. Give people the best. And that builds you as a leader in character and your lifestyle, etc. Serve well, right? You got to act as if God has already blessed and gave you what you've been asking for. Like maybe you're asking God for this or asking God for that and a b- bunch of things, right? <clears throat> but you got to act as if God has already answered it. Do it right now. Serve well. Do things with excellence. You know what I mean? So last thing, last thing is you have to fail forward. As a leader, what helps you grow the most is your failures when you fail. Like, <clears throat> don't think because I failed, I messed up as a leader. Like, everything fa- fell down, everything. No, but you have to fail forward because there's people who fail and stay in the same spot. There's people that make mistakes and don't learn from them. 
There's people that, that just stay stagnant after they make. No, you got to learn from your mistakes. I heard someone give an analogy one time. Like if you fall in a hole and get out, you know where the hole is now. You know not to walk there. But there's so many leaders we have who fall in a hole that doesn't move, that isn't changing places, and you get out of it and you walk right back in the same hole you fell in. Then you get back out and you walk. Like you have to fail forward. Your failure should be pushing you, not pulling you. So if, you ha- if you're failing and it's pulling you, then you need to go back to all the things I've listed about building a leader and go back to that, right? So you have to fail forward. So that was the final thing. I pray that you received all those things of what a standard leader is, what kills leaders, and what builds leaders. I love you guys, and I pray that this may have been a blessing to you. God bless you guys.